Blog Talk Radio. Aloha, everybody. Aloha, everybody. This is Jennifer O. Calling, uh, or I'm from Kailua, Hawaii, on Oahu here. We have a special guest today, uh, Tom Campbell, the author of My Big Toe. Hi, Tom. How are you? Hello, Jennifer. I'm just fine. Uh, glad to be here. Yeah, we are very, very excited to have you here. Um, one of the uh, things that we will kind of start off talking about is you have some workshops, and we're going to get into that a little bit more for our listeners. You have one that's going to be on Oahu on uh, June 12th, right? That is, that is correct. It's going to be uh, at uh, the uh, Unity Church of Hawaii at uh, 3608 Diamond Head Circle in Honolulu. Okay, and then you have some more soon coming up in the next couple of weeks on the mainland? Yes, I do. Um, I've got one in New York coming up. Uh, we're going to run it over three days, just the evening of April the 30th, and then uh, all day on uh, May the 1st and May the 2nd. And uh, where you can go to find out about these events is the one in New York. Go to mbtevents.com. That's MBT is in my big toe, events, all one word, dot com. And uh, there you will find uh, uh, a group of people. Keith and Donna run that site, and they'll be glad to uh, tell you about hotels and, you know, where to go and how to get there and all the details. Actually, they can tell you about both of them, the one in Hawaii as well. But I do have a number for the one in Hawaii, and that's uh, at uh, Baltich at Hotmail.com. That's B-A-L-T-I-C-H at hotmail.com. Steve Baltich is the is the fellow that's uh sponsoring and uh putting this on in Hawaii for me. He's his number is 808 343 1935. But I think you can find out about that at the mbtevents.com just just the same. You can find out about right. all the workshops there. Or you can um call me too and I can uh or email me on my Facebook page or my uh, my jenniferopsychic.com website and I will forward you all of that information uh for any of Tom's events that are coming up. And um you know I'm really excited to have you on the show. We'll talk about some of what you're going to be doing in the workshops. Uh, because I think it's um, neat, and I think the listeners need to understand more. Me and you both teach a little bit about um, understanding outside of your physical reality. And I think that nowadays people are so grounded in their physical reality that they're missing such a very large part of who they are. And uh, They're missing the largest part of who they are. Absolutely. Really, truly the essence of who they are, if you will. So That's right. when it comes you look at just the, if, well, go ahead. Well, when you look at it, you kind of come from a scientific standpoint, and I sort of come from um, the you know spiritual, the intuitive standpoint. But w- as we were talking about earlier, they really interlink with each other. Whether you're thinking from a, a logical scientific standpoint or from a spiritual metaphysical, it really intertwines. Well, they not only intertwine, but uh... What I've been able to do here in the last um, some years after I uh, wrote the My Big Toe is understand how to derive uh, the metaphysical part from the scientific part. So that puts a good, firm scientific foundation under under metaphysics, under spirituality, under uh, the paranormal events, all those experiments that um, kind of mystify scientists right now, the uh, reverse causality things, the 
the idea that, that people, uh, um, well, you know, if you, if you ask people to say, uh, you know, raise your hand when you hear the bell, they actually, measurements can see that they start to raise their, help, their hand before the bell rings, you know, these kind of precognitive uh, things, uh, out of body, um, oh, remote viewing, healing, all those things now have a good scientific explanation. So that's kind of neat. So it's not only that they run together, but uh, they're basically all one and the same. There's, they're, you know, truth is truth. And if the truth is, is whole, and if you have a big enough picture, it ought to all blend together into just one thing, and, and we find out it does. Well, that's true. That's exactly right. And, and what I notice with the people that I, I teach is um, some of the, the newbies, I want to say, they have a hard time understanding or grasping anything they cannot see, as you know, or, or justifying it if it has not been scientifically proven. And you're kind of bridging the gap between uh, for those people so that they can sort of have something to wrap their mind around that is more logical, and then they'll open their mind to, um, you know, being able, like the law of attraction, um, the different energetic things that happen with everybody. They open their mind because there's more of a scientific basis, and, and for some people they need that logical connection in order to open their mind, which you've done a wonderful job. Yeah, that's absolutely true. You know, I would say that uh, um, that science is the religion of the West, and I say that because science is the one thing that people will believe. When the scientists stay up and say and stand up and say this is the how how it is, everybody believes it. it. Used to be when the priests stood up and said this is how it is, everybody would believe it. So uh, science holds sway and uh, basically defines for us what's real and what's not real. So I think that's uh, what you're saying is, is very true. We need to right. uh, approach this. See, I am a scientist. I'm a physicist. So I also had a lot of experience in the, in the metaphysical area since I, I kind of cut my teeth with Bob Monroe, and uh, Bob uh, taught me how to, how to do out-of-body, and uh, I helped him build up his, his lab and, and business. So I kind of learned from the from the, uh, from the the best teacher there, I, I think, and, and that uh, out-of-body and remote viewing and healing and all those sorts of things. And for years and years and years, I struggled to explain them with science. So I did a lot of exploring. I did a lot of uh, researching and testing to see just what were the limits of this larger reality. What did it do? You know, how did it work? What could you do in it and why? You know, there must have been limitations. There must be a physics there because it was consistent. Uh, this larger reality is not just a random place where random things happen. It has its own point and purpose and reasons and, and uh, causality. So my job for about, oh, 35 years was to figure out what that causality was and how did it work. And then when I kind of got to the point where I thought I had it, then I wrote these books. So that's what the My Big Toe trilogy is about. Yeah, that's your big toe is kind of your journey uh, of learning about um, astro travel and all those different things and the stuff that you went through, correct? Yes, it's a, it starts out uh, kind of gives a kind of a background of uh, how I ended up out at Whistlefield and kind of my own experiences, and then after that it gets into the into the theory of uh, how things work and gives a logical explanation of um, you know what what reality really is. And once you understand reality, 
then all the rest of these things fall out. And the neat thing is that not only does metaphysics fall out, but physics falls out as well, because like we were saying, that's really all one truth. So I find right. out that um, in in this, this theory that uh, explains paranormal and metaphysics, it also does things, it does good physics that physicists right now can't, can't do otherwise. In other words, it uh, derives quantum mechanics and it derives relativity, which is the, the toe theory of everything that uh, Einstein and others have been working on now for almost 100 years. And that, the answer, the solution to that problem then falls out, uh, as well as some of the other experiments that kind of involve the mind-matter interface that have been done in universities and labs now for probably 20 years and just been you know, they're just mysterious. These things work, and they always work, and the experiments have been shown to have real good scientific protocols and so on, but just nobody gets it. Nobody knows why they work, such as uh, people can can influence random number generators to make them, to bias them to one side or another, you know, that sort of thing, with their mind. And these things right. have been done over and over. Princeton had a lab called Pair Labs that worked on this sort of thing, and they, uh, you know, you can imagine Princeton does good science. And they, uh, you know, they studied this and, and dozens of other such things. And now all that seems explainable. It just kind of falls out of this uh, of this theory. So it, it is true. Once you give a, once you have a big picture and you understand reality, then you understand things like, you know, how does it work? Why are we here? What's the purpose? Um, you know, those sorts of things, which are basically metaphysics, fall out as well. Right. Well, and just before we get into your workshops a little bit more, when you were at the Monroe Institute, some of the things that you did was you, you guys did um, chart and study uh, doing your own astro travel. Is that some of the things that you had done? Yes. Uh, yeah, it was called uh, astral travel and astral projection, and Bob kind of coined mm -hmm. the word out of body because he wanted to avoid the uh, – the baggage, the emotional baggage that was attached to yeah. travel. It became out of, out of body and OBE uh, was uh, Bob's acronym for it. Bob loved acronyms. That was, uh, he, I think he was an engineer at heart. He he liked acronyms. But anyway, yes, I spent years there, um, old spending let's say 20 hours, 20 to 30 hours a week with Bob and Roe, us uh, myself and Dennis Menerick helping uh, him generate a lab and doing experiments. Um, what Bob wanted to do is show that out of body was was a real thing. It was science. It actually happened, and he wanted to be able to isolate what was happening and then teach other people. So we were working on those kinds of experiments while Bob was teaching Dennis and I how to experience it. Because until you experience it for yourself, then it's not real to you. Right. It's just, right. It's just theoretical. It's just something uh, you know that other people tell you about, but it's not really real until it's your own experience. So Bob taught us, and uh, we tried to understand it enough that we could teach teach others. So that's my, my background in the, in the metaphysical area. Wonderful. Well, and now you've integrated or, or used some of your knowledge from what you learned there and, and the knowledge that you've gathered over the years, and you've created these workshops that we were talking about at the beginning of the show. And if, for our for our listeners uh, that are out there, can you tell them a little bit about um, what what you teach in the workshops and, and kind of what, what they would learn if they came? Okay, I sure will. Um, it's basically broken into two major pieces. And uh, one of them 
is the theory piece. So in the beginning, I explain how the world does work. I explain, uh, you know, how uh, the uh, the big toe, the theory of everything, you know, explains science, derives quantum mechanics, uh, derives the things like synchronicity, and and uh, you mentioned the uh, law of attraction and all these things. I give them a good scientific basis so that you can see logically what's going on and, and how reality uh, uh, functions and how it puts to, it's put together, your purpose for being here, why this reality is here, why you're in it. So we go through all the theory first. It's basically, let's call that you know, the theory of existence, theory of reality. Then the second, the second big block is about experience, getting into that larger reality, experiencing it. How do you do that? What will you find when you get there? You know, what are the techniques? And uh, then I, I do some uh, kind of hands-on or maybe minds-on would be better uh, experiential stuff where we learn to heal other people, diagnose and, <coughs> excuse me, and then heal. And we do a little bit of uh, remote viewing as well. And then that gets done both uh, at the end of the, of the theory section and then we do it again after we talk about the larger reality and how to access it and what it's like. Uh, we also go back and do some more of that uh, hands-on experiential. Uh, so people will learn uh, to understand the nature of reality and how to interface with it and uh, how to heal. It's, uh, it's a pretty good time. It's intense. It's two really full days. And uh, it's like drinking from a fire hose for a lot of that. An awful lot of information comes out. It's hard to digest it all so quickly because so many of your paradigms will be broken. But... I think it's a good time. Everybody generally enjoys them and, uh, and has a good time and learns a lot. Well, and what I liked about I had watched some of your uh, um, workshops on YouTube. If anybody's interested, they are on YouTube. You can search uh, Tom Campbell, author of My Big Toe, on there, and you can see clips of um, of different workshops he's done. But uh, it's I'm sure not even close to as amazing as the real thing as being in person. What I liked about your teaching also, Tom, was it seemed like you had different um, visuals and you taught on several different levels. So if somebody was very visual or just in their head, you really kind of, you know, hit all areas. So for so for anybody um, that thinks that maybe, you know, going to learn from a physicist or, or any of that might be a little bit too much for them, I, I really think that you simplify that um, really well for just mainstream everybody. So I yeah, don't, well, you know. The, yeah, that was the point. You know, the writing, understanding what I wanted to write in the books and, and doing the lectures was the easy part. Actually doing it in a way that, that uh, the average person could understand really well in, in an intuitive kind of understanding. That was the hard part. But I just did uh, a, a, a speech. It was a, a keynote address for the Monroe Institute uh, just like three or four weeks ago, and that's just went up on YouTube Oh, maybe two two days ago, and uh, that kind of gives a good for any of your listeners that just want to know whether they think they might be interested. If you go up to that uh, YouTube site again, just do Tom Campbell or TWCJR44, I think is the is the name I have on it, um, and listen to that that um, that speech that I gave at TMI. You'll have a real good idea. That's that's a very condensed version though. That speech just was two hours long, and we're talking about. You know, two very full days being condensed into two hours, so it was very superficial. But it does give a good uh, a good overview 
of um, the theory. Right, and then you get, do they get to ask you questions and, and you answer them for at some point at the end or during the middle? Uh, yes, and uh, we do. We have questions. We have long questions. Uh, I make, I have the questions held until the end. I have done that because otherwise we just wouldn't get through all the material. But the reason that we're starting on Friday rather than waiting to start on Saturday morning, we're starting Friday evening, is to allow more time for questions. We want to we want to add a, a question and answer session after each major uh, unit in the uh, in the workshop because that's that's important. That's how people actually take the information and assimilate it, custom fit it to their own experience is through those questions. So they're very important, and we do allow hours for that, but it has before all been at the end. Now it's going to be spread throughout. Well, and I think one of the important things that um, everybody should needs to understand and, and that you also teach and, and I teach is, you know, these are all things that um, that you teach that people actually utilize on a daily basis also. You know, we're all working with the universal laws. We're all working with, um, you know, we're after traveling at night. Um, I experience it a lot. Not my favorite thing to do, Tom, so I can't imagine you did that for years <laughs> on purpose because every time I do it, I get real groggy, and I'm like, what the heck? This is not fun. But um, for some people, they very much enjoy it. And um, people tend to do it when they're when they're in when you for for the listeners in my experience that in, when you get towards your sleep when you're starting to fall asleep at night is when you um, get into that state of consciousness that allows you to let other things in that's why people hear spirits at that time that's why you ask your travel at that time and that sort of thing so. Um, Everybody does a lot of these things and they don't realize it because they are so grounded in the physical that they don't even understand what the, what these things are. They don't understand what astral travel is. They don't understand how the universal laws work. And really, um, they're doing it on a daily basis. Well, that's true. This is very natural. You know, you are consciousness. Everybody is consciousness. That's the fundamental reality, not this physical reality. This physical reality is a virtual reality. And... Because you are consciousness, you have, you know, entree into the larger, the larger system of reality, the larger consciousness system, as I call it. So all of these things are natural for you to do once you kind of quiet the noise and um, and stop being uh, totally focused and entrained by the by the virtual physical reality. All of these things become available to you. And though, as you describe, uh, astral travel sometimes starts with that just as you go to sleep state, that's only in the very, very beginning. This is right. just a, a matter of awareness, and you, can, you don't have to get into a groggy state. You can just uh, change your awareness in a matter of tenths of seconds and be connected to uh, another reality frame, and you can also stay connected to this one too. You can multiprocess realities, and uh, you can get to them and get back from them uh, very easily without any uh, difficulty. But now that takes a little bit of practice and a little bit of uh, work to do that. But it's everybody's birthright as consciousness, if you will, to be able to use your mind to do the things that are that are paranormal in order to help you grow up, help you understand what you're doing, how to solve your problems. It all kind of fits together. And you know, like any like any game that you that you're in, the better you know the rules and the more you understand the game the more successful you will be at playing it. So if you're just marginal really? on the sidelines and you don't really know what's going on, then you're just kind of stumbling and bumbling your way through life and you're 
you're missing the most uh, significant and important part of it. Well, and I liked your analogy there, and it's very uh, poignant in the fact of these things, when you understand them, it's like they're not going to come to your workshop and all of a sudden be something else. It's like they're going to come to your workshop and be more aware of who they are and understand more of who they are in order to use all the tools that we have. And you have everybody walking around with the tools, but they're not understanding or integrating them into their life, and it really makes it a lot easier. Once the, If they just open their mind to um, bring in that knowledge, it makes it a lot easier to work, like you said, with the everyday problems, with resolving things, with accomplishing goals, um, and, and health, which is something that you mentioned. I noticed that immensely, um, people being very affected uh, in their, when they're so grounded in their physical reality, um, and with technology, with people on their Facebook and on their iPhones and on their Blackberries, and, and I mean, they're having to make laws so they're not texting while driving. They are so grounded in their physical that they have really, their health is starting to be affected. Don't you see that happening as well? Oh, sure, sure. You know, everybody has to learn at their own rate and do it in their own way. Hello? Oh. The intellect in the right direction. I, I think I lost you there for a minute, Tom. I don't know if everybody else lost you or if it was just me. Oh, I don't but, know. Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we were talking you, about you, <clears throat> Well, where do you want to pick up? One, two, uh, okay, let's just start over with the health thing again and, and how people are being affected because they're not noticing they're so grounded in the physical that they're not uh, noticing any of the, the consciousness part of their health and how that affects their physical body. Well, the, the physical uh, body, uh, well, maybe I put it this way, you know, consciousness leads and the physical follows. So if you are not, um, if your mental state and if your consciousness is not doing well, is not, uh, you know, operating smoothly, is not healthy, then your physical is not going to be healthy. I mean, we, we see that in many ways. Uh, look at the placebo effect. That's an effect that um, drug companies and doctors uh, use and, and uh, have to deal with all the time. And that means you, if you, give, you have two groups of people, a control group and an experimental group, and you give you know, half of them uh, you know, sugar pills and the other half uh, some kind of new medicine, and you tell them all exactly the same things. You know, this is a great new pill that's going to you know, make you well. They find out that often the people getting the, the sugar pills have better health and get, get well better than the ones uh, with the medicine. And, of course, that, if that happens, that fails the medicine then as being effective, and the drug companies have to go back to work. But that's a, that's a test, a double-blind test that all drugs have to pass in order to come out on the market, and it's getting harder and harder for those drugs to, to pass that test. And the reason is is that people who are giving a positive intent, they say, oh, this this drug's going to make me better. Just that positive intent will actually help heal them. They will actually get better. And this is not a, a trick thing, like, oh, they just think they're better or they report that they're better. No, they actually do get better. It's based on their mind. Well, you take that out of the clinical setting, and it applies to everything that you do every day. If you're positive, if you're upbeat, if you are full of love rather than full of fear, then your life just gets better. Your health gets better. 
your relationships get better, everything gets better because that's the nature of the reality. It's consciousness growing toward love. So if you're if you're playing the game and you understand the rules, you can you can do a whole lot better at it and you're a whole lot a whole lot happier with it than if you're just kind of walking around like a zombie, unplugged, and don't uh, don't understand why you're here or you know what you should be doing. Right, and it all ties together, um, like you were saying, it, it with your intent, and and it goes out there um, with a lot of attraction and all those things. It, I think with your workshop and things that we were talking about, it'll help you tie all that together. What your consciousness is, what your intent is, how that affects your physical reality how that affects your physical body, how that affects you, um, you know, achieving goals or different things that you want to in your lifetime. And, and it, it affects so much your physical reality and the intent behind it and how you feel. And some of the people, you know, I have a lot of uh, people, I don't know if you get this question a lot, but I get this question a lot, where they'll be like, you know, I'm, um, I use the law of attraction or I'm using the pictures and nothing's happening. Like, there's nothing, I'm not getting anything from it. So what, what's not working? And one of the things that I notice, uh, I don't know, again, if you get the question, is there, the, the intent behind it seems to be that they want to create this picture but not do anything to get to their goal. Um, they don't want to, like, for instance, if, they were, if it was a health issue, they would create themselves being healthy, but then they wouldn't try to, like, maybe go run or do the proper things, you know, to physically get themselves into health. If it was like a new house that they wanted to, they'd create the house in their head, um, but they would maybe not seek a job. Um, do you notice that people are, are, are having a hard time understanding that um, also the kind of action you have to sort of, the intent behind that would possibly be the action and, and it would move forward? Do you notice that they tend to be disconnected with, if they, they think they can create something with their mind, that it just should be there? Well, I, I, I don't notice that quite as much as you do. I don't deal with uh, the law of attraction and, and uh, with people in that, in that same way that you do. But, yes, it's true that you know, it's not a matter of, of wishing. Wishing is just kind of an idle thought. Oh, I'd like it to be this way. And that doesn't carry any power at all. In order to affect things, you have to have a clear focused intent. Now, the way you get your intent to be clear and focused isn't by wishing harder. It's by <clears throat> reducing the noise in your consciousness. One of the ways you reduce noise in your consciousness is by meditation. And what I mean by reducing noise is you need to let go of all the jabber, of all the, just the, 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 um, the things that your mind are doing. It's constantly judging, assessing, evaluating going over things, it's just yakety, yakety, yak in your, in your mind. Well, that is just scattering the energy of your consciousness, all that, uh, all that mindless jabber. And anybody who's tried to meditate understands that, because the very first thing you learn when you meditate, and they tell you to just let everything go through your mind, have no thoughts, and that's extremely difficult for most people. It's, they relax their mind, and their mind is just a torrent of thoughts. Well, you have to clear all that up before you have a clear, focused intent so there's a big difference between between wishing and actually using your mind to create something in order to manifest something and uh, one takes a little skill and practice and talent and uh, the other does not you know wishing uh, takes no skill or effort at all and you're not going to get anything if you don't put any effort into it it's not a freebie 
It's all about growing up. It's about becoming love. It's about changing yourself. And if you're not changing yourself, if you're not growing up, if this is not something that is part of your evolution of consciousness, part of your becoming, part of your understanding, increasing, expanding your awareness, if it's not part of that, then it's not going anywhere. And it's not going to take you any place, and you will not uh, be changing uh, the future probabilities that are in front of you. Uh, just, just wishing for it is not what it's all about. It's about changing yourself. It's about growing up. It's about becoming right. love. Right. I like the intent part because that's where I notice a lot of people are missing things. And, you know, we have a caller, so let's see. Um, they probably have a question for you. Let's see if we can get them on. Uh, 760 area code. Hi. Can you hear? Hi, you have a question for Tom? Hi, yeah. I'm, uh, my name's Betty. I'm a member uh, over at the discussion board um, Tom has at mybigtoe.com. Hi, Tom. Hello, Betty. <laughs> um, my question for you is, um, on a daily basis, what is the best practice that is the most important thing to remember about this seemingly physical life experience? to help us have more effective person-to-person -person interactive experiences. Okay, the, the, most, the most important thing that a person can, can realize is that it's not about them, it's about other. As long as you are focused on yourself, as long as you are, um, you know, everything that you think about is about you. You know, how is this going to work for you? What are you going to do next? Are these things going to be ready for you when you need them? And are you getting what you deserve out of this relationship or out of that job? As long as it's all about you, then you're going to live in frustration. One of the, you know, the first steps that you can make without meditating, without doing anything, is just look at your life and see how you are focused. And if your focus has you, you know, number, number one, numero uno, at the center of your universe, and it's about you, then you're not going to progress very much. That is a state of ego, and it is non-productive for you or anyone else. So that would be the one thing that people could do, because you could say, well, the most important thing to do is go meditate, but then people are put off by that because they feel like that's some kind of, you know, thing that they have to learn and it's hard to do and they'd have to pay money to learn how and that sort of thing, but you don't really have to go there. All you have to do is look at who you are, what you're doing, and more important, why you're doing it. What's your motivation for, for everything that you do, even the tiny things, the small things, all the things that have to do with relationship. Is it about you getting things the way you want it, or is it about other? If it's about other, you're on your way. Wonderful, wonderful advice, and I will see you all in New York. Thank you very much. See you in New York, Betty. Hey, Bye. thank you for calling. Bye. Thanks for being there. Oh, this switchboard's wonderful. Um, you know, one of the things that I noticed that you were just talking about, too, is, um, is something that everybody can learn is people always are wondering why things are happening to them. It's like life is happening to them, you know, this happened at the grocery store, and this happened when I was driving down the road, and, and they don't realize that, that the universe works with intent and what you've put out there and your pictures and how, like you said, if you, if you get up every morning and have a positive attitude, 
you've sort of put that intent out there. And even if you do get a flat tire, if you realize that, you know what, maybe you were supposed to be a little bit later for some place, that there's all these other universal laws at work, and that um, maybe you were supposed to meet somebody who helped you with the flat tire. You know, you need people need to change their, their perception. They really need to get out of their ego, and they really need to change where they're coming from because it is a very me-based society anymore. And um, it, you're really noticing it with, with everybody, but just like with everybody that um, – with the economy and in the in the way that that's turned, a lot of people that lost a ton of money had way too many things to begin with. I mean, yes, we've lost some jobs, but you know, who, why do why do people have three houses, uh, two boats, and five cars? You know, I think that it's kind of gotten away uh, from the basis of why we're here, and, and uh, you know, just we're so focused and motivated, everybody, in, in achieving and getting it. It's very money-based. It's very um, status-based. It's very, they've lost, their, they've lost who they are. They've lost their spiritual side, you know. So, yeah, well, uh, you know, the idea that where you started that sentence is, well, this happened to me, you know, at the grocery, this happened to me at work. You notice the problem with that is that all the sentences end in me, and often a right. lot of sentences start with a lot of sentences start with I. That's the that's the fundamental problem there. If you look at life, your experience here, as opportunities to grow, opportunities to interact with everything, every situation, with love, with caring, being detached from your ego, then just just coming to that idea kind of frees you from all of that angst. From all of that uh, that anger and uh, frustration, because you have that flat tire, then that's just an experience to deal with. It's not about oh, it's going to make me late. Oh, I'm going to have to get the tire repaired, and that costs money. That's not the issue. That's all about you, your money, your time, you know, your appointment. You just need to. It's an experience. See what happens. You'll be surprised what lovely things that the larger consciousness system delivers to you if you just live in the moment. Take each moment as it comes be fully connected in that moment not that you're in a rush to get through this because you need to hurry up and get there and this tire slowing you down but everything happens you deal with it with grace with caring you interact openly you're aware and just go through your life that way and you might think that well if i did that you know all kinds of terrible things would happen you know i i'd uh, you know Awful things would rain down upon me, but just the opposite happens. If you just kind of sit back and become present in the moment with everything, then you'll find that your life will actually improve a whole lot. Things will start falling into place. All the frustration tends to disappear. And that's true, and, and people need to be a lot more light with those types of things and see what the, the consciousness and the universal laws, see what's happening or derive a positive attitude and just see where the flow takes you. Um, about, although that can backfire. I have a funny story I have to tell when you, when you said that. I've taught my children this their whole lives, so they just this is their reality. And um, my son, I usually call him for school and just to make sure he's up because he's a teenage boy and he never wakes up. And one day I missed calling him. It was this week, actually, and I found out later that he had um, been about an hour and a half late for school. And initially, 
um, in my physical reality, I got a little bit like, wait a minute, why were you not on time that I didn't call you? And you know what his response was, but mom, if I had rushed out to school on time, um, I would have forgot my homework on the counter. But Jessica, his sister, happened to be up and woke him up for school. And since she was up, because he was late, she reminded him to take the homework. So the universe had something in store for him. He literally told me this, <laughs> that the universe works in strange ways. You know this, Mom, so otherwise I would have forgot my homework. I'm like, hmm, well, <laughs> how do you argue with that? You can't, you know, <laughs> brought me right back in my spiritual side thinking, you know, really what was the harm? You know, I mean, he was an hour and a half late from school, you know, and the, these are things that I'm trying to teach people that think, um, you know, uh, they think I don't deal with these frustrations like they do. You know, we're all, we're all, I'm dealing with it all the time, too, and reminding myself when I catch myself with little things like that and what the intent behind that was and really not to make a mountain out of a molehill, um, you know, and to be a lot more calm with little things that happen to you in your life or with your children that really shouldn't matter that much. Um, you need to look beyond that. You need to look. And that brings me into the next thing I'd like to um, talk about is happiness. Um, I have noticed uh, people really have lost touch with what that is, literally. Um, they think it's, um, that it's something that's given to them by a person. You know, well, so-and-so makes me happy or um, I'm happy when I can do this. And they're not realizing that it's really, and this is such a cliche, but they really need to get this. Um, in your spiritual being, you're gifted with happiness. It, it's a choice. It's an emotion that you can choose to access every day, every day, all day if you want to. Just live in complete bliss. But for some reason, they think it's something that's given to you. It's like they think it's received from a material item or for, from a spouse. That really gets me, you know, when, when they think that that is why they're happy. And that really, I think that if they make the connection with their consciousness and the spiritual side of who they are, uh, it will help them understand it's not something given to you. Does that ever come up in your in your workshops at all, like um, emotion and yeah, happiness? Yeah, we talk about things like that uh, in the workshop. But the thing that people need to, to uh, realize is that they are responsible for their lives. They cannot blame, you know, their frustration or their unhappiness on anybody else. When you say, this person did such and such and that made me angry, well, the person is not making you angry. The person just did whatever they did. You choose to be angry because of that. So you have to be responsible for everything that happens to you. And when you understand that, you're also responsible for this, uh, you know, this happiness, feeling, feeling good. And basically that's mainly just the absence of feeling bad. It's the absence of the frustration and all the other things going on in your life. It's not something special you have to do or be. It's just you it's just the way you are and when you stop defining things as affecting you rather than you as whether you accept or how you how you react to those things do you react with anger or not if you do then you live in an angry state you live in an angry state then you're not happy so it's your own responsibility the way these the way life is treating you you know if you think life is treating you badly that's not it life just is and you're interpreting it as being frustrating or as being bad. And the interpretation 
is is all up to you. It depends on how you see things. It's just a matter of perspective. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a perception because you derive your own perception and um, nobody else can give you that perception because they've never had the experiences you've had during your lifetime. But you can shift your perception as well. So um, those things are really, really important for people. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you, when you started uh, the experiment um, at the Monroe Institute, uh, were you pretty skeptical about uh, um, what you guys were going to learn? Or were you pretty open-minded going into it with the scientific uh, mindset that you, you have? Oh, I, was, uh, I was very skeptical. But at the same time, I was very open-minded. I, I think those two things must go together. You must always be skeptical. If you're not skeptical, then you're liable to wander down you know, uh, some garden path thinking that what you believe is actually true. So you must always be skeptical. And at the same time, you must always be open-minded because if, you know, if you're not open-minded, then you cannot learn. You cannot take another step. You can't go anywhere other than just where you are. So those two things are important. And, yes, I'm, I'm a physicist, and uh, I was just a few months into my first job out of graduate school, and I'm still a physicist, and everything has to make sense. It has to be logical, and you have to demonstrate it. It has to be part of your experience, if you will, prove it. And that's just, I think that's a good attitude to have. And I entered that relationship with Bob Monroe with the idea that, uh, you know, I would see what happened. I was open to it. And if nothing happened, well, it would have been, you know, worth the time invested just to see. If something did happen, well, we'd take it from there and, you know, see, uh, you know, see what would happen after that. So you just kind of have to approach life as an adventure. And uh, you just have to, to kind of go with the flow and where it takes you and the opportunities that you have and make the most of them. And you should always remain uh, skeptical and you should always remain open-minded. And if you do those two things, then... Uh, you will you will progress you will grow you will find things that make sense you will have experiences and you will understand you know what they mean your relationships will get better so yes i was skeptical and uh, i still am but uh, i'm also open minded right belief belief is the problem it's when you believe something then you're no longer open to actually think uh, independent thoughts about it so you need to let go of all the belief all the expectations, all the fear, and then just experience as a objective, um, impassionate des- observer. You just be an observer, and from those observations, you learn, and then you can do experiments to see. Well, let's try this and see how that works. And I, I'm very much an advocate of of being an experimentalist in these things. You just have to try and see what happens. Try to understand what it means and try again. It's a long, slow process, but if you stay if you stay uh, open-minded and you stay skeptical, you'll make real progress. Yeah, I actually think um, that's really important because I have people uh, that come to me. Um, uh, I do guidance, and um, I also, which we haven't really got into, that's probably a whole other show. Um, you know, I do channeling. I talk to guides and, and get pictures and all those sort of things, which is how I help people help guide people. But they ask me, or I've been told before they've had readings with me and such, you know, um, I'm skeptical of psychics. And I'll be like, yeah, me too. Like, seriously. <laughs> and they'll laugh. And I'm like, no, I'm totally serious. Um, you know, 
I was very skeptical when I started my work as well. And I had questioned different things, and, and I had learned the things that I have learned by uh, trial and error and, and in my own sense and, and what worked and, and what proved to be correct. And I think that everybody should always be skeptical with any of these things with their own experience. Um, and I think that they should definitely be skeptical with anybody in the field of, of what I do. And, um, and I tell people all the time, uh, you're, you, you're built with your own internal guidance system, and that really should trump anybody's. It should trump even my my advice to you if I'm doing a reading or something because um, you just always want to trust your own guidance and you, and you want to be skeptical until you learn or it's proven to you in a, in a different way. I think that's so healthy. I think it's healthy. Um, but also what you said about letting go of your beliefs, you have to, I like, I think it helps everybody to be more open to um, limitless possibilities. And like you said, People have been taught for so long to think within this box. And uh, they, they really, you know, that's where I think a lot of people have the problem where, well, that can't be done because you can't see it or whatever. They're so taught within the box. You have to get rid of the box and be, be skeptical but be open-minded to what you may learn. And then, that, um, and then use your own internal guidance system. Because I'm sure um, you d uh, have your own internal guidance system. I'm sure you use that a lot to guide you in, in your research and experiments, um, you know, and work with that a lot. And then you probably document as well. Do you do, you do both? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, uh, you know, the larger consciousness system is a very big place. And this reality frame is just a little tiny part of it. And uh, you eventually get enough breadth through your experience that uh, you have lots of, you know, you have lots of help, lots of guidance, lots of opportunities, things that, uh, you know, that help you along the way. But it, a point to make here is that it's not about what somebody else can do for you. It's not that somebody else can, you know, tell your future or give you a reading or give you advice or give you advice. That's may be helpful in the in the short run for you but the the main point is is you need to learn to do this yourself is that you have all that capability yourself and it should be about you your learning and your growing not about uh, seeking out other people who can do things that you can't do you need to realize that you can do these things and then uh, progress your own evolution of your own consciousness so that's a that's kind of an attitude rather than, than seeking it out from somewhere else. Learn to do it yourself. That's really, really important. I'm so glad that you, you hit on that. That's actually what my last show was about because people will call me and, and want guidance. And, yes, I can help them guide in, in certain things, but they still, number one, have to take action. They still, number two, can change a number of things. So that's why nothing's set in stone. But three is I really try to teach my clients um, how not to want to come to me for guidance. I teach them how to um, get into their own guidance system because, as you said, that is so important, I'm glad you made that point, was you all, everybody has it. You have it, I have it, my children have it, um, all the listeners, you all have it out there, listeners. You have your own internal guidance system. You have the ability to do what Tom did um, or what I do, for, my, you know, for that matter. You have the ability to to remote view or astral travel, have out-of-body experiences. You have the ability to use the law of attraction. And um, 
you have the ability, you have your own intuition, you have your own um, psychic ability is, uh, is what people like to call it. I, I call it a guidance system. You have that in your own body. And once you understand um, that you have that, once you understand that, and everybody has it equally, if some people use it more than others, um, they've developed it maybe higher than others. Um, you know, some people have different abilities as far as the psychic stuff goes or whatever, but you all have it in, in, it's in your body. You have to separate it from the logical thing. I think um, um, my people have trouble doing Thomas because they go into their brain right away. They go into the thinking part of their brain like, okay, how, how do I tap into my own guidance system? And they try to think really hard. And I don't know how it works for you, but um, for everybody that uh, I teach, you, you don't get that, that guidance from in the part of your brain where you're trying to figure out what you're going to have for dinner. Um, my guidance and, and most people that I teach, you know, it comes from more of the heart center. So it's a different area. But they should never rely on somebody, uh, um, a psychic or anyone to continue to go to for answers. It just shouldn't be. But... That being said, um, you have, again, the couple workshops that are coming up, and they can come to you and learn about uh, or, or go over. Uh, the, do you teach the, the My Big Toe, the stuff that's in the book? I, the book's huge, uh, the trilogy. So you don't mm -hmm. go over everything that's in that book during the workshop, right? <laughs> no, no, you couldn't do that. Uh... Yeah. I go over some of the basic concepts, and I also uh, introduce material that is not in the books. So it's not just a, um, you know a going through the going through the book. It's not a lesson plan like that. It's it's more of a of a um, an understanding of how it, of how reality works, and then understanding how do you get involved with it and make it work for you. You know how can you partake of it? How can you be a part of it and kind of integrate your own self into this? larger reality so that's that's what it's about no the books are larger three books it's actually not a book it's three books even though you can get all three of them stuck in one binding and then it's thick like a phone book but uh, it's uh, it's a lot of material to go over there's a lot of things in the book that I don't mention in the uh, workshops as well as things that I mentioned that are not in the book so it's it's a different experience than the than the book okay yeah, so then um, if they want to get the book, they can get that on your website as well if they want to get the trilogy. Or you can order them separately also, right, yeah. on Amazon or something? Yeah, you can go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or you go to your local bookstore, and they, uh, if they don't have it on the shelf, which they probably don't, uh, you can have them special order it. It'll be in, in their database. They can look for it in their database, and they'll find it. Or you can go to my website, which is www.mybigtoe.com, and you can, uh, you can order it there. I have very low prices. Uh, and if you're in the United States, you have this thing called media mail, which makes shipping very inexpensive as well. So uh, at my website, you can get all three books together in one binding for $25.50, which is, you know. That's just, a great uh, deal. Yeah, which yeah. is you know like eight dollars a book or something. It's not uh, it's not very expensive. Okay, and that is basically kind of the story you were talking about with the Monroe Institute, and then it goes into the theory of everything and all of that, correct? Yes, uh, yeah, just the first section. I want to give people right. an idea of where I'm coming from. So the very first section is a little uh, kind of a 
a little autobiography, a little history about um, the work I did with uh, Monroe and, and uh, what, what was happening to me at that point to make me the strange physicist that I am today. And then after <laughs> that, we talk about reality and what it is and you know, why are you a part of it? How do you connect to it? What's, what's your point and purpose and uh, why things happen the way they do? So that's then what the, what the book is, is about. Which is also about the workshop, the why you're here, what reality, what your consciousness is, you know. So right. they, so those, those I get a lot of questions about. So any of you out there, um, you know, questioning why you're here and what your reality is and what the physical reality is and how that you, um, you know, operate both, basically, because they kind, you kind of will help them understand that so that that they don't feel like they're operating from one place or the other. That so that they feel like they're absolutely. They're, they're, I'll help them. I'll, I'll help them not only understand it, but I'll help them become a part of it, so they they can use it. It's not just an understanding, but this is news you can use. You can uh, you know apply this to your life and make a difference. Right. And so, because sometimes I think people get the impression like if they go to the workshop, you know, then that now they're going to be operating from a more spiritually conscious space, but that's not true. Um, the, Tom will teach you how to uh, just apply that to your physical reality so that you are um, working. I think when I explain it, it's, to me, that's working more as whole. You know, that's actually operating um, both sides together is operating you more fully than you ever were operating before because you can't really operate one half. It's not complete, you know, if you're just in the physical or just in the spiritual, you have to be combining them. Um, yes, so you have to be balanced. It's, it's a matter of balancing the right and left hemisphere of the brain. You know, the left hemisphere is the, is the analytical part and the uh, right is the intuitive part. And you can be out of balance in, in either one of those two directions, but you're better off to be whole-brained and balanced in the whole thing, and nobody can make you more spiritual. Nobody is going to, uh, you know, suddenly uh, change you. You have to change yourself. You can't be changed by others. The only person that can change you is you. But what we can do is explain things to you, and hopefully that will give you some incentive to change yourself because you can see now, you know, how this reality works and where you're going in it and uh, the things you can do and, and why it's important and once you get that kind of an understanding, that helps orient you to a more productive way of applying your energy and your time, and then you go about changing yourself. But if you just listen, if you read the books, if you come to the workshop, and all you do is listen to it intellectually and then walk away, you really won't have gained very much other than a, an intellectual appreciation of what you're missing. Right. But in, and in the workshops, um, you will, and like we talked about, Tom will ex explain you how to actually apply these to your life as you know it now. So um, these are, this is going to be an amazing thing for anybody who's going to be in the is it New York area, right, soon? Yeah, and in New York, and then the one, I have the one in Hawaii, like I say, at, uh, in Honolulu. Now, that's going to be a one day. That's not going to be the big uh, uh, two-day uh, thing that I do. That's just going to be one day, but we're going to go over most of the most of the same material, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Right, right, and that's on June 12th in Oahu um, at Diamond Head University uh, or Unity Church. Sorry. Um, so you know, these will be things that you can very that will help you. So you can come, you can learn, you can um, get all the information on uh, what 
your your non-physical reality is what your consciousness is and how to apply that with your physical reality, your everyday life, and how it will work for you now. You will also have the opportunity to ask Tom questions. Um, like he said, there will be a um, question and answer session towards the end that you that you hold um, in both both workshops, right? You'll, they'll be able to ask you things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the one in Hawaii, actually, I'm going to have more more questions. We're going to have a whole lot of uh, Q&A at, uh, in Hawaii. Right. Well, great. Um, I'm excited. I will, I will be there. And um, the, the, I'm really excited to go through the workshop and, and, uh, and talk more with you about everything. And, you know, so check out the mbtevents.com. Check out the um, My Big Toe website, the www.mybigtoe.com. And um, you can email me if you can't find any of the information on Tom, um, and you can look at my website, myjenniferopsychic.com, and you can or Facebook. And I think that you have a, a fans page on on your for Facebook also, um, don't you? A fans page? Yes. I'm pretty sure that's on Facebook, and I have a lot of videos out on YouTube. There's there's lots of uh, lots of places to go. If you just put my big toe. Into Google or into YouTube or any of those, you will you will uh, you will find me. Right, and that's so um, definitely. If you're in the area, you should attend. This is really um, going to help help you in a lot of areas. Um, like Tom said, he's talking talks about health, everyday stuff, um, just how to apply it to your everyday life is important. I think that you're going to gather a lot of knowledge that you can use. Um, and if you're at all interested, please try to attend these events. And thank you again, Tom. Thank you so much for, for joining us. And I, I hope that your events do very well. I'm excited about the Oahu one. I think we'll be talking again in May. So if anybody yeah. has any questions. Okay. All right. Well. Thank you, Jennifer. It's been uh, my pleasure to be here and talk with you today. Oh, my pleasure. And um, you have a good event, and we'll talk with you soon. Okay. All right, Tom, thanks. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.